Thank you for listening to this sermon from Renaissance Church located in Montreal, Quebec. For more information about Renaissance Church, please visit our website, renaissancemtl.com. If you would like to know more about how you can partner up to see the gospel advance in Montreal, please send us an email at renaissance.mtl at gmail.com. It's my first COVID-19 live preaching in person. So, I mean, with La Chapelle, we've been um, doing sermon online, but never like this. So it's my first time. So it's a special day today. I don't know what to expect. Like, are you guys going to say amen through your mask? Yes or no? Don't know. Are you guys eating behind your mask? I don't know. Are you guys, I don't know if someone's filling in for someone else today. Like, you know, you just look like your neighbor, same eyebrows, but, you know, it's a different person. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. But I know God's going to touch us in a powerful way today. Amen? Amen. So, um, so I'm a church planter in Gatineau. Uh, it's been a year now. We're kind of on a pre-launching season in Gatineau. Uh, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Deborah. We have three daughters. So Kelia's four years old, almost five. Neva's three years old. And Zoe's one and a half years old. So a little church in our house. <laughs> so you want to know how to grow a church? Just make babies. Amen? Amen? This is how we do it. So I don't know if you've noticed, I have a little accent because my first language is French. So the, our church in Gatineau is French. So, but I guarantee you'll be able to understand what I'm saying throughout the whole sermon. Amen? And if you don't, well, it's because you're not paying attention. That's all on you. Okay? So I'll just... Um, I mean, Pastor Graham prayed, so I'm not going to pray again, but I just want to say thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, and uh, thank you for touching our souls, our minds today in a powerful way. Amen. So I did pray, actually. <laughs> so the title of my message, are you sowing the right way? Are you sowing the right way? And we're be, we'll be reading through a text today, Galatians 6, 7 to 10. So it goes like this. I'm just going to bring this up a little bit. Okay. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of God. Are we sowing the right way? So like I said before, we live in Gatineau. It's been a year, and uh, we actually bought a house there. And we usually, all my life, have been living in apartments. So that was kind of a new way of, a new life experience for me, to buy a house on top of, um, you know, moving to a different city, following God's um, calling upon our life. And I don't know for you guys, when, but when my wife brought up this idea to buy a house, I wasn't really excited at first. Because for me, buying a house means maintenance, right? Any of you living in a house? It means maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. Indoor maintenance, outdoor maintenance. So it really, when my wife asked me to buy a house, I was like, nah. I mean, we're going to be doing maintenance. I don't want to do it. So I tried to discourage her, change subjects. But she won eventually. So uh, we bought a house even though. 
And with the COVID-19 situation, our backyards becomes our living space, right? So my wife gets really enthusiastic. So she's like, okay, so we're going to, you know, plant some flowers, do a little bit of gardening. And for me, it's really discouraging because for me, it translates into more maintenance, right? But again, she won. So we went and we bought a little tomato plant. We bought a little basil uh, plant, some green pepper seeds, and perennials, which I love, by the way, because uh, they're self-reliant, they're self-sufficient, they're just awesome. But tomato, basil, and green pepper, you have to take care of them all the time, real babies. I hate it. So my wife takes care of it. <laughs> this is how we split our, our, shares, our chores. So after a few weeks taking care of the vegetables, one morning my wife goes through the patio door into the house with a huge smile and like stars in her eyes. And I thought she was going to say, hey, you know what, I love you so much today. Or I had a, you know, great night's sleep. Or I don't know what she, to expect exactly. But she came up to me with that huge smile because the green pepper grew. She was so excited. So I was jealous for a moment. I was like, what, you know, <laughs> just a little vegetable stealing uh, the, the attention. And she was really amazed. And to be honest with you, I was amazed too. I was like, okay, let me go see. And I went, and to be, ser to be honest, I was amazed. And I was like, wow, it's so amazing that you plant something in the soil, you take care of it for a while, and then you see something out of it. It's pretty amazing, and it and brings satisfaction. It felt like my wife and I had a fourth child, but obviously it's not. But so we were like, are we going to give it a name? Are we going to take a picture and share it on Instagram or something? But we didn't go that crazy. But it was just, just a thought about, okay, we planted a seed, we watered it, we put it under the sun, and we watched it grow. And it was like, hey, it was just really simple, but we were amazed. And even though I was amazed and my wife was amazed, the seed was following a simple, ordinary, non-revolutionary rule a natural law, which is you reap what you sow. You just reap what you sow. It's like that in gardening, and it's like that in life. You spare a little bit of money, and you have savings. You study hard, you learn lessons, and you have a better grade. You maintain your car, you take care of your car, and it lasts longer. You provoke someone by taking off your mask and coughing in his face, well, you're going to get him angry, right? You speak French to your children, they speak French. You plant green pepper seeds, and you have green pepper. It's just a natural law. It's natural in gardening, in family life, in social life, and it's also a law in spiritual life. So this is one of the first principles the Apostle Paul want us to draw out from this text. You reap what you sow. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also Everything we do has an eternal weight attached to it. Everything has a consequence. And everything is before God. And one day we're going to have to give an account for every action that we've done before God. Nothing will be discarded. God sees everything. Our words are seeds. Our actions are seeds. Our thoughts are seeds. The first thought of the apostle is that every action have consequences that could be positive or negative and none of them are hidden from God. So I want to ask you this. 
Do we go through our day with this notion that we have great responsibility with our words and our, and our thoughts? Do we go through our day with the weight of this thought in mind that we reap whatever we sow? This idea is portrayed throughout the whole Bible. Isaiah 3, 10 to 11 says, Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. Woo to the wicked, it shall be ill with them, for what his hands have dealt out shall be done to him. Proverbs 11, 18, 19. The wicked earns deceptive wages, but one who sows righteousness gets a sure reward. 19. Whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues evil will die. James 3, 17, 18. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. The idea of you reap so is in the, everywhere in the Bible. So I guess the next logical question would be, what are you sowing? What are you sowing? What are you sowing in your life? Because the and the fruit, same nature. Jesus puts it like this in Luke 6, 44. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The fruit is of same nature of the seed. But what happens when you feel like the fruit is different from what you saw? You're like, hey, I don't understand my life. This is no, I've sown. The question that you ask yourself, or the, the reflection that you have is, it's not normal. And we ask ourselves, then what did I sow? What am I sowing? No, every action has repercussions. You can act in two different ways, right? Before God. One reaction would be you're encouraged to continue your good work. You're like, okay, God, I know our action has repercussions. It's, I'm encouraged to continue my good work. We have great confidence and expectation that everything we do can have a powerful and positive impact on people's lives, whether it's coworkers, whether it's family, uh, people surrounding us. And even though we're not perfect, we know that our heart is in the right place and we're pursuing the right things and our whole life is dedicated to honor God. So that could be one reaction. But the other reaction could be, I'm ashamed. I'm scared. I know I should have done this, but I've done that. And we feel like a kid who is blushing when his parents calls him to the house to, talk, to have a talk with him because he's done something wrong. And you only fear negative repercussions. So which one are you? Are you encouraged? Are you stressed out? How do you react with this idea that every action, every thought has a repercussion? And God knows everything. How does conscience react? What does your lifestyle look like? I mean, we all do mistakes. There's not one verse in the Bible. I'm just trying to get my mic here. Sorry. Reposition my mic properly. Uh, okay. Wonderful. You guys hear me okay? Perfect. So there's not one verse in the Bible that stresses perfection, right? The Bible doesn't say, be perfect, you're going to be perfect. We do sin, we do mistakes. And every time we do, it's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
So I'm not talking about having a perfect life. I'm not talking about you doing good works and you can get salvation. I'm just talking about generally what does your, lo- your lifestyle looks like. And the good news is whatever you've done in the past, God can take that and put you on a new trajectory because God's able to transform you by his grace. But the question remains, what does your lo- lifestyle looks like? Leo Tzu, here's a quote from Leo Tzu. He puts it like this. Watch your thoughts, they become become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. This is a powerful quote. What destiny are you crafting today? Which path are you taking today? What are you sowing? And the next question would be, are you sowing in the right field. So in the beginning of my message, I told you guys my wife planted green pepper seeds and it was a success. But to be honest, my past experiencing, my past experiences in gardening was a failure. I don't know if you guys went through that. I don't know if it was in elementary school or high school, but you know they give you a plant. You guys, yeah, remember that? <laughs> how was how was your experience? <laughs> Mine was, was awful. <laughs> Mine was awful. I mean, water under the sun, I think I did the right thing, but it, it never grew. I was frustrated. I was disappointed. I had some questions. And sometimes I feel that way on my spiritual journey. Do you feel that way sometimes? You're like, I feel like I'm doing the right thing here, but I don't, I don't feel like I'm reaping any fruit. What's going on? And one thing we can do Anytime that happens, it's just go back, think through the steps that we took, right? Everybody, we hate doing that, right? But this is one thing you can do. Just go back and think of the step that you took. And this is what any company does. Any uh, uh, company that every time you call them, there's a problem, there's a troubleshooting. You call them from internet or you call your company for a problem with your dishwasher. This is what they do. Recently, I had a problem with my dishwasher. I called, and the first thing that I said was, is your dishwasher on? I'm like, seriously? I mean, I'm not dishwasher illiterate, you know? <laughs> I know the basic stuff. Everybody hates that, right? It's like, is, have you plugged your dishwasher? Yeah, you know? What's the next questions? We hate going back and thinking through the basic steps. And then they send a technician to see what was the problem in my dishwasher. And you know what? It, the technician told us that we, there was too much food inside, so everything was blocked. I was so embarrassed. Imagine if you told me over the phone, uh, sir, do you put food inside your dishwasher? My response would have been, no, duh, you know. Nobody does that. And then the technician comes, well, there's too much food. Oh, sorry, sir. <laughs> so embarrassed. We hate going back in time and go through the steps But sometimes this is what's important. Sometimes we don't have to learn something new, but we have to remind ourselves of the basics. And sometimes it's really humbling. Say, okay, yeah, uh, you know, okay, well, we, we had to buy a new dishwasher. And this is what I think Apostle Paul is doing through this text. He's reminding us of the basic steps of sowing and reaping, just basic. 
Galatians 6, 8 says, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So essentially, the Apostle Paul is saying that there's two different fields and two different harvests. You sow here, different harvests. You sow here, different harvests. Two different fields, two different harvests. There's the first field, side of flesh, the harvest corruption. And the second field, sowing by the Spirit, and the harvest is eternal life. Sowing by the flesh is every, if you let every desire that is in opposition with the will of God taking fruit. So sowing to the flesh is letting our eternal impulse lead us. And corruption means anything that is harmful to your well-being according to God. Not according to yourself, but according to God. Anything that destroys the man or the woman of God being built within you is sowing to the flesh. And it's also, it brings corruption. A building can go into ruins and your spiritual person can go into ruins as well. So everything, everything, Every time the man or the woman of God inside you that God is trying to shape with his word that is withering by your decisions, it's called corruptions. Every time you let yourself be led by your anger, you're sowing by the flesh. Every time you put looks on a woman lustfully who isn't your wife, you're sowing by the flesh. It could be either way, a man as well. Every time we self-promote ourselves to get people's attention and acclamation, it's sowing by the flesh. Every time you're investing in a relationship that gets you far from God, it's sowing by the flesh. Every time you let laziness get a hold of you, you're sowing by the flesh. Every time you think about yourself being superior than others, you're sowing by the flesh. Every time you lack integrity, every time you lie, every time you engage in a debate only to satisfy your ego, does that happen to you sometimes? I know there's a lot of debates going on in social media right now. I'm not engaging in any of that today. Don't worry. <laughs> Engaging in a debate to satisfy your ego, sowing by the flesh. And what you reap is corruption. Examples of that could be a destroyed relationship. It could be guilt in your conscience. It can be an addiction. It could be hatred within you that's growing. It could be you becoming dishumanized. It could be your character's changes in a bad way. It could be you lose a job. Uh, people lack trust. It could be you lose an opportunity. But the biggest corruption of all is when you step out of God's presence. There's this man in the Bible called David that said something like this. A day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. See, David captured the value of his presence. Can you picture yourself in a thousand places right now? Imagine. Okay, you can't because of COVID-19. So like, the only place I can picture myself is at home. <laughs> but imagine there's no pandemic. Can you imagine yourself in a thousand places? Hawaii, maybe? In a spa? Cottage with your family? The pool? The beach? A really nice place. Places that bring pleasure, excitement. And David's like, one day in your courts is better than a thousand of those places. I'm like, this guy knows the value of God's presence. God, I want to be this guy. I want to capture the, the value of your presence, to be in your presence, Lord. So the biggest corruption of all is the loss of God's presence. But there's also another field, sowing by the Spirit. 
Submitting your fleshly desires to God is letting yourself being led by God's will instead of your will is sowing by the Spirit. When you use your assets, ability, capability, and your opportunities to advance God's kingdom, it's sowing by the Spirit. And eternal life is not only a length of time, but it's also a quality of life. The Apostle Paul is not talking only about, it's not talking about comfortable. Because you know if you read the Bible, if you read the New Testament, the disciples were not comfortable. He's not talking about comfortable. He's not talking about having a life of luxury. But what he's trying to say is that God is not only interested in your life, but your life right now. God is also interested in blessing you now. Not only rewarding you in the afterlife, but blessing you now. Every time you encourage someone, you're sowing by the Spirit. Every time you're serving in a disinterested way, not in your own interest, you're sowing by the Spirit. Every time you honor someone, you're sowing by the Spirit. Every time you submit yourself to authorities, you're sowing by the Spirit. Manifest love, you're sowing by the Spirit. And what you read is joy, peace, patience, self-restraint, respect from other people, and you being useful for God, accepted by God, and the biggest reward of all is God's presence. Can you testify that? Is God's presence the biggest reward of all? So are you sowing in the right field? Sometimes we could have the right expectations, but the wrong method, right? The right expectations, but we're doing the wrong steps. Let's say I want to open my TV. My expectation is when I press on this button, but if I press on number two, the TV's not going to open, right? You have to press on power. I could have the right expectation, but the wrong steps. And this is what was happening in the church of Galatia. You need to know church of Galatia was a new church. And there was a mix of Christians with different backgrounds. And Christians in that church were, were Jews. And their background was what? You have to obey the law of Moses to have the favor of God, the blessings of God. And not only the law of Moses, but the extra rules that they added to the law of Moses. So this was their mentality. You have to have a perfect conduct able to have the blessings of God. But now when they became Christians, they had to adapt themselves to a whole to a whole new way of life. Because the good news of the gospel is that you don't have to be perfect. It's not about making good deeds to have the blessings of God. It's you put your faith upon Jesus Christ, who was the only man that was perfect on earth. You put your faith in him. You put your faith in his sacrifice on the cross. You believe that he died for your sins. You believe that his, everything he said, his sacrifice was enough to, for your forgiveness. And by that, he gives you a new life, he gives you a new spirit, it trans transforms you from inside, and then you can do good works. Not good works by perception, but good works by God's perception. So that's just a new way. So Jews, they needed to adapt to a whole new way of life. And as you know, every time that you change something in your life, it's hard to assimilate the new habits, right? You start gym, you start something, it's hard to assimilate. Okay, it's, it's my new routine, it's my new way of thinking, it's my new way, just like now. New way of doing training, you have to, it's, it's just new. Masks, social distancing, Zoom meetings, it's new. And change your way of life. Whenever you try to adapt to new habits, you know what happens sometimes? Old habits resurfaces. 
right? It takes time. Old habits resurface. And this is what, happened, what was happening. The Jews, they were, they had the new message, but their whole old habits resurfaced. What was that? Okay, you know what? We're going to obey the law, obey the rules, and we're going to have the blessings. What was that? According to Jesus, according to the perspective of God, this was so out of flesh and expecting to reap eternal life. Sowing by the flesh, believing by only humans, only human works, you can reap what God has in store for you. But this is not the message of the God. It's about believing in God, believing in Jesus' work on the cross, and walking by the Spirit, not walking by your own will. And now you can reap eternal life. But they got confused along the way. Sowing by the flesh and expecting to reap eternal life, but there's two different fields. Two different uh, harvests. And I'm wondering, do we get confused sometimes like that? Do we have old habits resurfacing sometimes? Sometimes, is it possible that we're frustrated and deceived and we don't reap what we were supposed to reap because we've sown in one field and expect to reap in the other field? Does it happen sometimes? Here's an example. You're honest. You've been honest all your life. Honest with your wife, honest with your sisters, honest with your business. You've been honest all your life, and you feel like you're, there's no success. There's no money. I mean, I don't get new employers. Uh, my business is not growing. And then there's this other guy who is not honest. He's disloyal, and he's uh, into all fraudulent activities, and he gets money, success, and a lot of people. And you see yourself envying this person. What you're doing is you're sowing by the Spirit. You're doing everything that's right, but you're expecting to reap in a different field. Because behind the money, behind the fame, behind the success, there's no peace of mind. Behind of all that, there's guilt in the conscience. Behind all that, there's potential jail time. Behind all that, there's potential lack of trust. And you see yourself envying corruption. Even though it looks good in the outside, there's corruption inside. Does it happen to you sometimes? I know I won't. Nobody's going to lift his hand. <laughs> sometimes, I mean, you're, you're, uh, I, I mean, as a pastor, you, you meet with a lot of people, and people would say stuff like, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't want to step into a new relationship too fast. I'm, you know, I'm, I want to be wise like the Bible says, so I want to get to know the person, and I don't want to give myself away. Uh, you know, on a first date or anything. I want to wait and everything. But I'm still single and I'm frustrated. And it feels like I'm not reaping what I'm sowing. And you have this other person that just starts a new relationship with anybody that just knocks on her door. And you're like, she has a boyfriend. He has a girlfriend. And you see yourself in that, but you don't see the behind all of that. You're like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been married for like eight years now. I've been saying 10 years for the last few months to people. I don't know why. My wife always corrects me. So she'll be happy to hear that today I say eight years. <laughs> Anyways, so I've been married eight years. You know after eight years that to make it work, it's hard. Anybody more than a year in, into marriage? Yeah? No. You know what? It's, it's hard. When I, when I hear about this, this girl or this man that just started a relationship with random people, I'm like, you don't see the problems behind that. They don't even know each other. Potential hurt, potential uh, 
being with the wrong person, commitment issues, all the baggages that they, they're bringing into the relationship. I mean, I could stop you right there. Don't envy that. Keep on spider spirits. I want you guys to get my message right. It's not that God's against success. It's not God's against uh, you making money. It's not that God's against you being with, the right, with a, a person, uh, being in a couple. But the problem, is, the problem is when your eyes are only expecting that. Only expecting earthly blessings. It becomes an idol. It becomes an idol. And whenever you have an idol in your heart, it means God's not at his place. And it means you're heading for corruption. God blesses on earth. God rewards in heavens. Sometimes the blessings on earth doesn't seem like what you want it to have. But he does because there's promises in the Bible. But don't, sometimes we, we just lock our eyes on that. When we do that, there's corruption ahead. I just want to encourage you to sow by the Spirit. God rewards integrity. God rewards obedience. God's reward honor. And ultimately, you'll have rewards in heaven. But if you keep your eyes only on earthly blessings, you are headed for corruption. So one of the prayers I want you guys to make inside is, God, help me value your presence more than anything else. Anything else feels like, okay, it's cool, it's awesome, but I was okay. It's them to have, I don't know, a new house, a new friend, uh, a new church, a space, an internet, anything. It's awesome. It's great. These are blessings. But God, honestly, I was so filled by your presence that it just feels, oh, just a surplus. How are you your presence? That. And here's another thing. So firstly, sometimes we get confused. We sow by the flesh and expect to reap corruption so we sow in this field and expect to have the harvest of but sometimes we sow in both fields and expect to reap from the best of the two fields give me an example let me give you an example to understand because a lot of us fell sometimes in that trap i've known this man sowing by the spirit okay i'm gonna be faithful to my wife i'm gonna try to raise my kids the way the the principles and everything He's sowing by the Spirit. This is good. This is what the Bible says. But he put his looks on another woman lustfully, and then he committed adultery. And both relationships were going on for some time. Two different fields. Sowing by the Spirit, sowing by the flesh. And here's his mentality. Okay, I, I, I want to continue doing this and keeping my marriage okay. Have you encountered with people like that? It's like, I'm in both fields, but I don't want to destroy that. And it's inconsistent in the mind. But for them, it's, I want to keep this safe. I want my marriage to stay strong. But what happens? It doesn't happen. If you sow in both fields, you eventually reap corruption. It's inevitable. So he fell into that trap. Because there's no bridge between the two fields. There's no tunnel between the two fields. There's no way from one field to another. Matthew 6.24 says this. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, 
or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Your affection will either go towards God or against God. So in both fields. Galatians 5.17. For the desires of the flesh are the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Desires of the flesh are against the desires of the And to believe that of them can cohabitate is just impossible. It's like believing in a fairy tale. It's like believing this story. Imagine the story, two wolves inside here. Two wolves in a cage. They haven't eaten for three days. And then I just throw a piece of steak in the middle of the room. I open the cage and both of them come out of the cage. They eat half of the steak and say, hey, you know, are you done? Are we done? And then they just sleep. This is a fairy tale, right? What, what really happened? You open the cage, they fight. They've been hungry. They fight. It's survival mode. It's the, the law of the jungle. They fight for the steak. And then whoever's the strongest wins and then eats the steaks, right? Well, it's the same thing with us. We have, there's a battle inside. There's the spirit and there's the flesh. And you have to decide who are you going to feed and you have to decide, who are you going to let die? Who are you going to feed and who are you going to let die? And my third point today is the harvest is certain abundant even if it delays. The harvest is certain and abundant even if it delays. Galatians 6, 9 says this. And let us not grow weary of doing good. In due season we will reap if we do not give up. Amen? I believe some of you may be frustrated, disappointed, like I mentioned a little bit before, because you you're not reaping. And you feel like, I've been doing this the right way, but you don't understand for a long time. I've been doing this the right way, but for a long time, for like five years, for like 10 years, for like 15 years, for like 30 years, and I'm not reaping. I feel like God's abandoning me. I feel like the promises of God are not true anymore to me. And to help us grow in perseverance, there's two underlying truths that Paul is talking about in this text. The first one is the principle of reaping is made in multiple steps. So there's sowing, waiting, and reaping. We forget the waiting part. We don't love the waiting part. We actually hate the waiting part. But there's an underlying truth in that. We have to wait. It's part of the deal. And the second one is, you will only reap if you're able to persevere. What does it say? For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Nobody likes to wait. You know what happens when we wait and we become impatient? We become really creative. Yeah, you could, you could see yourself being creative, waiting in line, saying, okay, how can I... <laughs> We become really creative because we, were, we try to find a solution not to wait. I heard something over the radio the other day. So I live in Gatineau. So anybody of you know where Gatineau is? Anybody? So it's okay. Not so bad. It's, it's in the country. Anyways, um, it's two hours from here. So right next to Gatineau, there's the city of Ottawa. So I heard over the radio that they blocked um, the highway the 417 in Ottawa, in both directions, because there was an, there were an, an incident. 
And so there were roadblocks all over the place. There were cops all over the place. And the guy on the radio said there were people that were tired of waiting. So they decided to go through barricade and roadblock. And so obviously they were spotted and arrested and they got fines and point of demerits. And the guy on the radio said something. He was like, at what particular time they thought it was a good idea? And I, I wanted to call him. I felt like I should call this guy. I feel like he's never been impatient. <laughs> the moment they were tired of waiting, for them it was a great idea. I understand them. I, I could have been tempted to do that. I mean, you don't want that, obviously, but he's like, what? I felt like he was in a different universe. What particular time do you thought it was a good idea? I mean, you've never been impatient. Have you been impatient? You become really creative. You're like, ah, he's probably not going to see me. Ah, I know he's far away, but ah. And then, boom, ah, man. We're, we hate to wait. And we want to do a U-turn. Sometimes in your spiritual journey, you're tired of waiting, and you just want to go back to your old life. Sometimes you're tired of waiting, and you want to take shortcuts. I just want to encourage you today. Persevere. Be patient. Because in due time, you will reap what God has in store for you. Do not let time give you the illusion that God is not with you. He's always with you. Do not let time give you the illusion that God is not with you. Do not let time give you the illusion that corruption is more pleasant than eternal life. You start envying something else. Ah, uh, maybe if I just, you know, be like him and him. You're like, don't let time do that to you. Do not let time... Get your imagination going. Ask God to put your thoughts towards Christ. Because in due time, you will reap. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord you labor not in vain. I love this. That used to be like... Part of my favorite verses became a Christian. Nothing I do is in vain. Nothing I do being connected to the Holy Spirit, being intimate with God is in vain. If it takes five years, it's in vain. If I'm struggling, it's not in vain. If I don't see God, it's not in vain. Whatever you do is not in vain. 2 John 8 says this, watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Who wants a full reward? I want a full reward. I want a full Be perseverant, patient to obtain a full reward. The harvest is certain and abundant, even if it delays. Because the harvest is always exceeding the seed. It's always more than the seed. You, you, you plant a green pepper seed, you have lots of green peppers. You plant apple tree or flower, you, get, you always get more than what you've sown. That's incredible. That's a blessing from God. God's blessing will always overcompensate your efforts. Isn't that encouraging? Always overcompensate your efforts. Sometimes you're shrugging, you're like, oh. When you'll reap, you'll forget what you've sown. You'll forget what you've been through. It's like, a woman giving birth, right? <laughs> You're like, ah, 
well, I'm not going to imitate a woman screaming. Uh, <laughs> but after that, you just enjoy your children. You're like, wow, I can go through that again. It was worth it. Whatever you read overcompensates your effort. And our fourth and last point today is sowing season is now. Galatians 6.10. So then, as we have opportunity, opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. The sowing season is now. Sowing season is your lifetime. It's your life. I remember speaking to a pastor um, a few months back, going through COVID-19, and he was telling me, it's hard now to meet with other people. You, know, you don't get a chance to share and share your testimony. And he did not know that I just met with a couple two weeks back prior to our conversation. He did not know that I had something like this. I said, God, I feel like I'm a little bit selfish here. I feel like I'm working from, I don't know, Monday to Friday full time, sometimes evenings. But I feel like my two days off are really for me. And I want to open up to people. I want to open up to my neighbors. I want to open up to, to people um, I want to share with, just build relationship with. And I don't know, throughout a week, I think it was a Wednesday. And on that Friday, my wife goes to the park with her children, as she always does, to keep them alive and, you know, excited. And she goes to the park and... She meets with this other guy that sees her with her jacket on. And she's like, hey, where did you get that jacket? And she says, well, you know, my brother-in-law gave it to me. And she's like, yeah, I know, I know, I know your brother-in-law. He's actually my best friend. And, and she's like, well, I'm married to his, to his brother. And then we connected. And so we met a few times afterwards. And to make a long story short, we're building a relationship. It's going great. There's a young couple. They have three children, and she claims to be an atheist and a scientist, and he claims to be just uh, positive. Let's put it that way. And just, what, a week and a half ago, she actually asked me to read a Bible. She was like, do you have a Bible? I'm like, yeah, cool. You want to read a Bible? <laughs> That's awesome. And then I shared to her a book about um, how science and faith can walk along. And she's reading the book. She went throughout the whole book. And she's like, hey, look at this. You're going to convert me. <laughs> she texts me. I'm like, I'm not converting anyone. <laughs> I'm just sharing. I mean, you know. And it's so encouraging. So to go back to the conversation I had with that pastor, all of that happens. God is at work in that couple prior to our conversation. And he's telling me, you know, it's hard today. You know, we, we meet with less people because of COVID-19 and everything. And I'm like, sowing season is now. Anything that happens will not block God's kingdom to advance. So if you're telling yourself, how can I share? How can I do this? How can, I know I, I want to serve. I want to do this. How, how can I do this? There's an opportunity for you now. Sowing season is now. How does that look like in your uh, lifestyle, in, in your life? I don't know. But you could ask God, God, what, what are the opportunities? What, what can I sow today that will have an eternal impact? 
It's crazy. Today I'm actually preaching in two places. You guys are like, what? This guy's crazy. <laughs> I'm preaching live here, and I um, did a, another sermon on video for a local church. And I'm like, I just had this thought before coming up here, and I'm like, this is crazy, guy. Uh, God, not guy. Because I was like, I didn't have this opportunity before COVID-19. It was like, COVID-19 delays everything, and, you know, people are like, you know, it stopped and everything. And I feel like I'm taking, uh, I'm seizing the opportunity to preach at two places. Different perspective. What is the opportunity that God puts in front of you? Who are the people around you that God wants you to sow? What is sowing looks like for you in this season? Because the season of sowing is now. Amen? Let me just close up in prayer. I think the worship team's going to lead us into worship songs. Father, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to sow in your kingdom. Give us a revelation of your presence, the value of your presence. Help us walk in your path. There's nothing that we can do on our own ability. But you say that we walk by grace. Help us walk in your path. Lord, give strength to anybody that is tired of waiting and discouraged. Give them strength to be patient and to persevere. Because in due season, they will reap. Lord, just help us open our eyes to people around us that we can sow into their lives. We are not perfect, and we're surrendering our thoughts, our actions, and our deeds to you, Lord. And you are faithful, and you are powerful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I pray for that person that maybe didn't start to sow, maybe don't know you, Lord, yet. I pray that you would reveal yourself to that person today, that you are good good father i love this song in the beginning you are good good father lord reveal yourself to our hearts today in jesus name amen thank you for listening to the sermon from renaissance church if you have any questions about the sermon or would like to know more please feel free to contact us by email at renaissance.mtl at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media It's our passion to love Jesus, love each other, and love our world. 